You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. You can email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to be diving into the Paul George extension, what that means for Oklahoma City. We're going to talk about Lou Dort returning to practice today, and we're going to talk about James Harden's expanded list of teams he'd like to be traded to, as well as previewing the Spurs game to kick off the Thunder's preseason schedule on Saturday. This is Locked on Thunder, your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I guess we can start in a sad place today. It's a very sad thing for me to admit, uh, but I am 0 for 1 on my season predictions. Yes, that's right. Whenever the announcement was made from the NBA talking about how they've relaxed the dress code for coaches and coaches can continue to wear polos and slacks on the sidelines, I thought, you know what? Mark Dagnot seems like a kind of guy that would just go ahead and wear a suit anyway. He'll just go ahead and wear the sport coat, wear the tie, the whole shebang. But Jenny Carlson of the Oklahoman asked him today in our media availability with the coach, and he said he's not going to do that. He is going to wear the polo and slack, so I am 0 for 1 on my season predictions. Hopefully that is not a indication of what's to come as we start previewing this, this season next week and make some bold claims what's going to happen in this year, but I'm 0 for 1 so far if you're keeping track at home. I want to dive right now into the Paul George extension. He signs the max extension with the Clippers. He's going to get paid a billion dollars when he's 35 years old. This is a lucrative contract extension, and a lot of people have been down on this in the terms of the Thunder Picks. I think that this is this is really great for the Thunder Picks. Now, it is not great for comedy, right? right? The funniest thing, the funniest outcome would have been for the Clippers, to go all in, right? To go all in, trade Shea, trade all those picks, trade Gallo, and then both Paul George and Kawhi walk after this season. That would have been really funny for like three weeks. But that was never that realistic. And even beyond that, this is an organization based in LA. LA was always going to land a top paid guy. They were always going to land a good core. They have a very, they have a very rich owner. They're going to get a new stadium. And then there's also a huge value of being able to sell your organization as being the guy in LA. Being in LA where, of course, we know what's typically happening in a non-pandemic year in LA, but also you're opposite of, of the Lake show. You're trying to be different. You want to restore the, the Clippers and try to bring them uh, and elevate their franchise. There's a lot to go into that. The Clippers were not going to be left empty-handed, even if... They lost that on Paul George and lost that on Kawhi. Now, it would have dramatically hurt their trade market, obviously, because they have no assets to give up now. But they would have lured away a top free agent to L.A. But here's the thing. This is why this is actually good for Oklahoma City. The Clippers have now locked themselves into Paul George, who has a long list of injuries on his track record, who has a longer list of playoff failures, who's never been good in the postseason, and... Right now, 
the Clippers are tied into, because I personally do not think that you make this move. I really don't. I don't think you make this move without talking to Kawhi, without Kawhi signing off on it, without Kawhi saying, okay, re-sign Paul George to the max. I want him here. So without that happening, I don't think that this happens. So let's work under the assumption that the Clippers are going to tie themselves to Paul George and Kawhi. Two guys who are going to be paid a lot of money, a lot of money, that will tie up their salary cap and leave them no room to improve this roster that we saw wasn't good enough last year. There is no wiggle room. Sure, you can bring in the next version of Serge Ibaka, but you cannot dramatically improve this team. You have no future assets. Oklahoma City has those. You have a guy in Paul George that is constantly injured. His body is constantly breaking down on him at the end of the year. Even when he gets to the postseason and can play, he's god-awful in the postseason. That's who you're attaching Kawhi Leonard to, who has injuries of his own, an injury history of his own, and even last year we saw Kawhi can't do it alone. I think last year should have shown a lot of people that Toronto was a lot better than you give them credit for. It can be Kawhi's team while still being a good team, and that's what Toronto was. But that's who the Clippers have locked themselves into, financially, and literally on the court. There, there is no improving from this. And you can't even draft a cheap, controllable player because all your draft picks are at Oklahoma City. And if you think that these draft picks won't be good, again, I would remind you that the Clippers would not strike out. I mean, they just would not feel the team of bums if Paul George and Kawhi left. They'd be able to sign a new group of guys who wanted to try to... Uh, bring L.A. back and bring the Clippers to glory and things like that. Now, what if I told you in 2016, October of 2016, or heck, December of 2016, what if I told you at that time that you would own the Warriors' 2020 first-round pick? How much value would you put on that pick? Warriors with Steph and Clay, Draymond, KD. How much value is that pick to you, 2020 Warriors pick? It ends up being the second overall pick in the draft because injuries can happen to anyone. And you increase those odds of injuries that will dramatically change the, the, the course of your season when you're a, a weak team in the sense of depth-wise. You're a weak team. You're reliant on two guys instead of a rotation of guys. And those two guys are injury-prone. So that's who the Clippers just saddled up with. Now, for how long, who knows? And after I did rag on Paul George over and over again just now, I do want to turn this conversation now into something positive for him. I get it. He said the same thing in Indiana. I get it. He said the same thing in Oklahoma City. But he's made no mistake this entire time, both in Indiana and in Oklahoma City, that he wants to be in L.A. eventually. He's in L.A. now. This is where his home is. This is where he's comfortable. This is an organization he can take pride in. I think he truly wants to retire a Clipper. That does not mean it's going to happen. I think that Blake Griffin truly wanted to retire a Clipper as well. This is a business at the end of the day. But if Paul George does not retire a Clipper, to me, it will not be because of him. 
So I understand you got to get these jokes off about Paul George and about him saying the same thing over and over again about wanting to stick with an organization. But he has also always said he wants to be in L.A. He's in L.A. Let's see how this plays out. But again, this should not impact the way you think about those Thunder picks that they own now. It just shouldn't. We simply don't know anything yet. And you never want anyone to get injured. But based on the probabilities, there's a good chance that that tragically... One of these picks will be good if they tie themselves to these two players because they're going to have a season in which they, they just cannot get it together health-wise. At the end of the day, it is hard, though, to make predictions for anything except for the next day in the NBA because things change on a dime with James Harden, Russell Westbrook this year. You always see these stars wanting out at different times for different reasons. So it is hard to make these, these leaping predictions. But I will say... This does not mean much for the Oklahoma City picks. I also want to dive into Lou Dort returning to practice. Not too much to say about it, just obviously he did show up and he had gone through the protocols and then he got the practice today. You can speculate on what that means, that you know we knew via Instagram he was coming to Oklahoma City this weekend and he doesn't practice until today. But he did get the practice and he did talk to the media today. Uh, the most notable thing was about uh, Andrew Schlecht asking him about his cult following in Oklahoma City and how much the fans love him. And he just gives the most Lou Dort answer. And he says that, you know, I'm just happy that people like me and like my game. That's all. He thinks it's funny. He says that his friends send him a lot of stuff that they see on social media about Lou Dort and that he thinks it's funny. And he's glad that people like him and like his game. Also, Kyrie Irving got fined. If you missed what we talked about a couple days ago, he refused to talk to the media. Instead, he sent them all an email. He had the PR people in, in Brooklyn send the media an email of what he wanted to say for media day instead of just showing up and doing it. And now him and the organization got fined $25,000. To them, that's no big deal. But it is funny that you're going to just waste $25,000 to just not do your job. I guess this was happen whenever you have millions of dollars, but to just not do a part of your job to just throw away $25,000 is crazy to me. But we cannot even imagine the amount of money. It's unthinkable, the amount of money that these players have. Our brains cannot comprehend having that much money, I don't think. Coming up, I want to get to James Harden broadening his teams that he'll accept the trade to and what that means for Oklahoma City. I also want to talk about Giannis and the vagueness he put out there about his extension. And then, of course, we're going to preview the preseason game. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Go. Built Go is an amazing one and a half ounce package that you can put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You can put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine, and you can even put it in your pocket just to simply make it through the day, no matter if that is a mental or physical wall breakthrough with Go every single day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It is five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint, built go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein promotes soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. So check them out. Builtgo.com, promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. Builtgo.com, 25% off your next order at builtgo.com. Let's go. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Don't forget that this is the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so be sure to subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast from. Next week is a busy, busy week. We're going to have preseason games to 
preview and recap and topics stemming off of those games. Of course, we're going to start our season previews and so much more. There is so much that's about to happen. The season is literally here on Saturday. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. I am Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. I want to start this off by closing the loop of the NBA news and notes we got into before we preview the Spurs game. Giannis Antetokounmpo was very vague about signing his extension. If you didn't know, he has a deadline for his max extension to sign with Milwaukee before the season on December 21st. He can still sign the deal in the offseason, but this is just the last chance he has before he's officially a free agent and needs to re-sign with the Bucks. And he says that he's not focused on that deal yet. He's not focused on the contract. He's just focused on playing basketball. He gave a very vague answer, but a very politically correct answer in the basketball world that he's not focusing on that. But I'll tell you this much. I have never seen this turn out well for a small market where all of a sudden, you know, just a couple weeks ago, whenever they had that Bogdanovich trade, you know, sign and trade all ironed out. And then the NBA pulled the rug out from under the box. Just a couple weeks ago, whenever all that was going down, Zach Lowe, Woj, everyone was saying how it's almost a foregone conclusion that Giannis will sign with the Bucks, that he'll sign right away. But the closer and closer we get to this deadline without a, without a, without a signing, and the more Giannis keeps saying that he's not focused on that, and then you're going to play the Mavericks on Saturday, and the Mavericks are just chomping at the bit to land Giannis, and, and Luke is going to be recruiting him, KP will be recruiting him. Tampering will begin to start as you start playing other NBA teams. Let's just call it what it is. I've never seen this turn out well for a small market. Now, as a fan of a small market, I am hoping that it does turn out well. I want to see somebody pull this off. I want to see somebody get to keep their homegrown star. Cleveland couldn't do it, and they literally grew the guy in in Akron, Ohio. And still didn't pick him. So, I really want to see a small market team pull this off, but... The writing on the wall to me is is looking worse and worse by the day and worse and worse as the days passed. Giannis is in in an interesting position, right? Because Giannis can do anything this year. He could win MVP again. He could win the Defensive Player of the Year again. God forbid he could even tear his Achilles. But no matter what happens this year and this season, no matter if he wins that championship or not, or if he has another disappointing postseason run, No matter what, this time next year in the offseason, Giannis will have 30 teams offering him the max contract. Giannis will get to pick his destination and pick his price. No matter what happens this year, there is nothing that could stop Giannis from getting the max contract. So he doesn't need the security. He doesn't need to lock himself into anything. Bam Adebayo, coming off of that amazing bubble run and really showing the heat, his value. And again, him having the injury history he does with Bam, he needed the security. He had to sign and he had to sign right now, but Giannis is at a stage in his career and he's so good and so transcendent that this has not happened for everyone, but he could have anything happen to him this year and a team would give him the max deal. So he does not need the bucks to give him this deal right now, and he does not need to sign the deal right now, and he can weigh his options. But the longer these stars weigh their options, the longer that the NBA allows this tampering to happen. And look, it it probably will benefit Dallas, and Dallas can probably lure him away 
So that'd be great personally, but as long as the NBA allows this to happen, the worse and worse it looks for a small market team. We've seen this story too many times with guys. I'm always weary whenever they don't sign the first day that you're allowed to sign. I'm always weary that you're going to lose your star. And Giannis has the right to sign anywhere he wants to sign, just like Kevin Durant had the right to sign anywhere he wants to sign. But one of these times, I want to see the small market pull it off. And it does not seem like Milwaukee will be able to pull it off. And it's just from the outside looking in from my perspective. But we'll see if they can do it. I'm rooting for them. But then James Harden today has leaked out some more names he'd be interested in going in. We've always heard Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. But now we're hearing Philadelphia. Now we're hearing Miami. Now we're hearing Milwaukee. I have no idea what would, what Milwaukee would give up because they gave up all their picks for Drew Holiday. So I don't even know how, how Milwaukee would get into play here. They don't even have a, a Brooklyn package in Milwaukee. I'm not sure what Miami's doing on this list. Sure, James Harden would love the city of Miami, but he would hate playing for Eric Spolstra. He would hate playing for a Pat Riley organization. He would hate playing in that heat culture. He would hate it. I'm not sure how in the world Miami's on there. To me, it comes down to Philadelphia and Brooklyn. And I honestly think, I honestly think that Tillman Fatita is this stupid and this idiotic that he would take a lesser package from Brooklyn than take Ben Simmons from Philadelphia just to try to spite Daryl Morey in any way. But the more we're hearing about James Harden and the more we're seeing the situation unfold and, and how his, his list is growing by the day, it certainly feels like come December 22nd, he will not be on this Houston roster. And as you know, that's a great thing for Oklahoma City. As long as that pick does not fall in the top four, Oklahoma City will be laughing on the way to the bank in this loaded draft class with up to seven generational talents. This is going to be amazing for Oklahoma City. So keep your eye on that. What's also going to be amazing for Oklahoma City is getting their preseason underway. And it starts on Saturday, December 12th, 2020. Basketball's back already. You're going to have preseason games on Friday even, you know, later on today. But the Thunder will not play until Saturday. Tip-off at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can watch it on the Thunder mobile app in the website. I saw a lot of people preemptively scared about not getting to see this game. You don't got to worry about this game. This game is on the Thunder app and on the Thunder website. In fact, it's not even offered on Fox Sports Oklahoma. This is an exclusive game for the app and the website. I also believe that preseason games will always be on the app and the website, just not exclusively, right? So I, I feel like, if I'm not mistaken, last year, even the games that were on Fox Sports Oklahoma were also on the app and the website. So you should be good for the preseason, if I'm correct. You should be good. Not sure 100%, but... That's what I remember, seem to remember, from a season ago. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, people are, are scared because Fox Sports Oklahoma, and it's not just Oklahoma, it's, it's Fox Sports, the regional network as a whole, as an, as an entity. Everything that Sinclair owns by Fox Regional Sports Networks, uh, they're all off of streaming services. So if you have YouTube TV, if you have Hulu Live, if you have uh, any of those streaming services and outlets outside of uh, DirecTV, and I believe AT&T now also has the rights to the regional networks. But other than those two platforms, if you have anything else, you simply right now, as of today, as of this moment, do not have regional networks. You cannot watch basketball. You cannot watch baseball. You cannot watch 
your favorite team play on Fox Sports, whatever. So that's really concerning for a lot of fans, obviously. And if you live in Oklahoma, you're here with a double whammy because you cannot even buy League Pass. You cannot even buy the thing. Which is why I feel like the NBA in all sports will begin to trend as soon as these contracts run out with these certain groups. You know, as soon as the Thunder and Fox Sports Oklahoma contract runs out. I have a feeling that we're going to see the league shift into taking the taking it into their own hands, right? And just doing it in-house. So, like, League Pass is the only way, period, you get to watch the NBA. Eventually. Not this year, not next year, but eventually down the road. It just feels like we're going that direction. Because how on earth is the league um, benefited by literally all of Oklahoma, outside of DirecTV subscribers and AT&T Now subscribers, not getting to watch The Thunder? But for Saturday, if you want to watch preseason, you should be okay. Coming up, we're going to dive into what to watch for in the Thunder's first preseason game. We are back on Locked on Thunder, and the wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked on NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get your previews from every single team, division by division, for all 30 NBA teams from all from our Locked On local experts, including myself, previewing the Thunder schedule. Plus, waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Four, the NBA draft expert, and predictions for by every division for every division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast from. They're an everyday podcast as well. Covering the NBA on a national stage. It's a great show. Locked on NBA, wherever you get your podcast from, go give them a listen after you're done over here. Right now, I want to dive into the Spurs preview and what to watch for. Obviously, it's a preseason game. Score does not matter. Uh, we're, we're not going to talk about any of this in depth, who will win, who will lose, none of that. Just what to watch for. Why should you watch this preseason game that for all intents and purposes do not matter? Well, the biggest thing is of course going to be to see, hopefully, the first-round pick, Alexei Pukashevsky. How much will he play? Is he really going to play on the wing, the way that Mark has described he's been playing in practice? Get your first look at the guy who's seven feet tall and plays like he's a guard. That's going to be really fun and exciting to watch. And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, oh, he's not ready. He, he needs to be a G League guy. From I'm talking about from fans. He, he's not ready. He's got to be a G League guy or a practice guy only. Uh, he's just not ready. He needs to eat 15,000 cheeseburgers. He's just not ready. He's too small. Well, we'll see Saturday. We will see Saturday. I think that he's a lot further along than 90% of fans do. And so it'll be interesting to see how much he can play on Saturday. Something else to watch for are Teo Maldon and Al Horford. Are they available? Because Mark today with the media would not tell us on Thursday. As of Thursday afternoon, he would not tell us if they practiced or not. And so on Friday, they'll go through a walkthrough. On Saturday, they're going to play the game. And the, the trade only got made official earlier this week. So it's, it's unclear if Teo Maldon and Al Horford are going to be available for this game. Remember that if Teo Maldon does play, and he does get to play and he's available, then he will make his NBA debut with an NBA team in San Antonio on the floor in which his mentor, Tony Parker, made his Hall of Fame career. So that's very special. That's very cool. Hopefully for him, he gets to play, but with the protocols, I'm not quite sure if they can have that quick turnaround and let him play already. And he's also never practiced, to our knowledge, 
uh, as far as Mark has, has let us know. Now, he didn't say that they did not practice. He just would not tell us at all, period. He says that's part of the protocols. He will not say who practiced and who didn't. Now, Lou Dort, we know for sure, has only had one practice. Now, he'll be there again on Friday. But again, Friday is only going to be the walkthrough. So, is he going to be available? I don't I don't know. Are you going to let Lou Dort play after only making one practice appearance? Is that safe for his body? Can he handle it? Is he up to speed? Is he conditioned? I would say no. If you've only had one practice, can you just go out there and play? But maybe he can. Who knows? Now is the fun stuff. This one is, is what I'm most interested in. Of course, Poku is fun, but Shea as the point guard. We get our first look on Saturday at Shea being the lead ball handler, Shea being the point guard of the future. How does that look? He probably will not have his full roster, though, so you don't want to grade him too harshly if he does not perform very well, because I would imagine, and again, this is speculation, but I'd imagine he's going to miss out on at least Al Horford, Lou Dort, probably Teo Maldon. But we will get to see it for the first time. That'll be fun. Now, I, I want to see if Mark Digg, not how he runs his team. I've called him Billy Donovan 2.0 in the sense of scheme-wise. It seems like off the floor, there's a lot a lot of differences between him and Billy Donovan and that the, the players just seem to love Mark. But I think schematically, a lot of things will look similar to what Billy Donovan did. And he's preached about space and pace and being positionless and having a lot of energy. And I want to see that happen in the preseason. I don't care if it's effective or not because it's their first ever time playing together. Remember that Hamidou Diallo is the longest tenured Thunder player and he only got here in 2018. So there's not a lot of continuity yet. So I'm sure to look rough, but I want to see if they're still running up tempo, if they're going positionless, if they're spreading out on the floor. I want to see how that looks. I want to see if they're switching everything. I want to see what it looks schematically and what they're trying to execute, not judging them on their execution, but just judging them what they're attempting to do. And I really hope that we do see just up-tempo, quick-moving motion offense, motion basketball. I really hope that we see that. I really do. So there's also a bunch of roster battles you can watch. You can watch Isaiah Roby, Kendrick Williams, Darius Miller, and Admiral Schofield. Now, you've heard my roster projections 1, 2, and 3.0. I have Schofield and Roby making the team, but of this group, there has to be some odd men out. To me, it's it's Williams and Miller, even though I do think that, that Williams has a lot of NBA potential still. But I think that this Thunder team loves Isaiah Roby, so if he performs even even good or above average in the preseason. I think that they're going to keep him. I also think that the Thunder love Admiral Schofield. So I that's why I picked those two guys to make the team. But it's going to be a battle from all those guys. So you should keep an eye whenever they're in the game. And then TJ Leaf, he, he's a guy that they traded for, traded Baby Westbrook, traded in the Q4. And he has first-round talent. Can he make something happen? Now, it's unclear if Justin Jackson, who's the same type of thing, first-round talent they got from Dallas, it's unclear if he'll play. We have not spoken to him with the media, and of all the pictures and videos we've seen of practice, I don't recall ever seeing Justin Jackson out there. So who knows if he'll get to play? I would doubt it, uh, but he would also be someone to watch for as well. Now, Josh Hall is the last one, but it's the most important one. Josh Hall is the two-way player, a five-star recruit who is headed to North Carolina State before skipping college, going the prep school route, and then entering the NBA draft. Of course, he did go undrafted. The Thunder were able to get him as a UDFA and bring him in on a two-way deal. But to put him to perspective how good this guy is and how talented this guy is, at one point his father said that he heard from legitimate NBA people that Josh Hall could go as high as 19 in this year's class. And remember that in this draft process, a lot of guys who go undrafted did so intentionally. 
a lot of guys who went undrafted, Devon Dotson, uh, you know, Josh Hall probably, a lot of guys who went undrafted simply said, do not pick me in the second round. Just don't do it. I want to be able to pick my own destination. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sign or I'm not gonna do this. Or, or they have some leverage to ensure they do not get drafted in the second round. And so they they do this so that way they can pick their situation and better themselves off. Because Isaiah Roby got picked in the second round. He got the highest contract ever as a second rounder, but he went to Dallas, got traded to Oklahoma City, and got hurt. And now his his NBA future is in jeopardy. Now, I still have him making the team. I hope he makes the team. I still think that he has a lot of potential. But the bottom line is he did not really get to have a lot of say in his NBA career yet, where Josh Hall got to pick the exact organization that he felt best suited him, and we can see if he can make something happen. This is a small forward who has really good ball handling, an amazing shot. He's a very good athlete. I am so excited for Josh Hall. I know that it's very hard to to hit on these two-way guys. And I do not want Lou Dort to blind everyone forever. Because as, as, as much as you can get a Lou Dort, you can also get a Deontay Burton. You can also get a guy like Devon Hall. You, you can also get guys who just never play or aren't good whenever they do play. Or can play good for a week stretch and then all of a sudden you realize they're actually not very good overall. They just had a really hot week or really hot month. Or in Burton's case, a really hot summer league that everyone fell in love with. But Josh Hall has it. Josh Hall has the potential to be a really good NBA player. So you should absolutely watch him because I think that he'll get a ton of playing time. I think that these two-way guys in the preseason will get starter-level minutes, like what a normal starter would get in a normal game. I think that you'll see the two-way guys get because there is no summer league, obviously, and the same thing goes for these rookies. There is no summer league, but there's also no G League season as of now. I mean, they're going to try to work out a bubble, but you're seeing teams opt out already of that bubble plan that's not really even concrete yet. I think that the Thunder will opt into the bubble. Mark did not say that, and he just said that it's really not his call. He's not really sure what the G League is doing. So this is just me speculating, but with the amount of moves Oklahoma City has made to retain the G League rights to these guys like Jalen Horde, I think that they're going to opt into the G League. So... At some point, you're going to have a G League season, but it will not be in December. It will not probably be in January. So if you don't play them now, there's going to be a good chance that you don't get to play them for a while, these two-way guys and these end-of-the-bench guys. So I think that Josh Hall will get a ton of opportunity in this game. And he'll make you fall in love, just like Deontay Burton did in those summer league games. But I think that Josh Hall has the staying power. I think that in a year's time we could be talking about Josh Hall in the same light as Lou Dort. Now, they're different players, different play styles. I'm saying that, wow, how did, how did Lou Dort go undrafted? How did the Thunder find him? And Josh Hall has an advantage that Lou Dort didn't have. Last year, the rules were different. Last year on the two-way contract, you were only able to be in the NBA for 45 days, not game days, days, period. So the Thunder and no other team would want to burn those days on a practice. I mean, the Thunder waited till the bitter end to sign Lou Dort to an NBA contract. They wanted to milk and squeeze that two-way for as long as they could. So Lou Dort did not get to practice with this team. He did not get to go through drills and, and grow some chemistry with these guys in practice until the Disney World bubble. With Josh Hall, the, the rules this year are that these two-way guys can play 50 games in the NBA. They can have as many days up here as they want to, but they can only play in 50 games. 
So he'll get to practice this year. He'll get to to show off for coach and, and, and try to earn his way onto the court via practice and get to play in at least 50, 50 games of the 72-game slate. But I think that Josh Hall will go a long way in impressing you on Saturday. Very interested to watch him. Let's do keys of the game. This is not something that I think matters for the preseason, obviously. And, and I'm not even going to use them as keys to win the game. I'm just using them as keys of what I'm watching for for this game. And I've talked about it before. I am watching for this team to be going up-tempo. I want to see them push the pace. I want to see a lot of movement off-ball. That's, that's one and two. And number three, I want to see them switching everything defensively. I want to see them truly embracing this positionless modern style that Mark Dignott has, has talked to us about in the media since the start of training camp. So I want to see that all come to flourishing on Saturday. Again, don't care about who wins the game. There is no line as of right now for this game, so we cannot do better the day. And then for Moneyball, which if you do not know, whenever we preview games, we have a Thunder Moneyball, which is going to be who leads the team in three-pointers each game. And for the first one of this season... I'm going to give it to Mike Muscala. I'm feeling some Muscala this this time around. Because in this game, I feel like Al Horford will not be available. That is totally speculation. But as of right now, it's trending that way that they will not have Al Horford. And I think that Mike Muscala can come in here and in preseason game one as a starter, probably, if you don't have Al Horford, and nail two or three three balls and lead the team in three-pointers. So that's who I'm picking for the Thunder Moneyball. Let me know your picks on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Do not forget, we'll be recapping this game. We'll be previewing the rest of the preseason games. We'll be talking about news that breaks and talking about key takeaways from these games all throughout the season and all throughout the preseason. And also, we're going to have some special guests on from now until the start of the season to help preview this upcoming Thunder regular season. So it'll be a lot of fun. So subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. This is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So you're going to want to be involved. Follow me on Twitter at Rydland underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LLThunderPod. Email the show, LLThunderPod at gmail.com. Or call into the show, leave a voicemail anytime, 405-362-7128. There's always a plethora of opportunities to get involved with the show so always feel engaged and feel involved with the show by hitting me up on twitter on the email on the on the voicemail no matter what platform you have you can find ways to contact me in this show until next time be good and be good to one another we'll see you next time on locked on thunder